Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. It is the last podcast of 2017, and you are listening to 15 with Heather and Randy because the aforementioned or not the aforementioned Andy and Jeff are not present today. When we convene next Wednesday, it's already going to be 2018, so just wanted to get all the pleasantries in right from the get-go. And this week, as you may have already guessed by that intro, we have the most special of guests today, my wife, Heather McGray. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for asking me. (laughs) Not that I had a choice. (laughs) Your eyes say something different. They're telling a different story. Anyway, welcome to you. Thank you for being here. Andy and Jeff are off this week, and as last year, I went in search of the perfect guest, host, co-host, and again, I was successful. (laughs) But before we begin, last week our episode was entitled Born by Andy, where we decided that the angel announces, for unto you a Savior is born. Why? Why is Jesus born? Because behind the universe is not an austere, self-centered, abstract force, an abstract divinity, but God who is Father, Son, and Spirit, and their joyful, intimate fellowship is this great dance of oneness, unity, and love. And this triune God, in astonishing grace, determined not to hoard this joy, but to share it with us. Really good podcast episode and equally as good message that you don't want to miss, and if you have not listened to it, the message or the podcast, you can watch and listen to both in the Hospital Church mobile app or at our website, hospitalchurch.org. Now, on to this week. This was the final installment of our message series, our holiday Christmas series. Hark the Herald Angels Say, or as Andy likes to think of it, Hark the Angels Said What? But he's not here, so we're not going to say that. The opening paragraph that kind of described the message this week said, That's what the angel said. Peace on earth. How can we do not just Christmas, but our whole life in 2018, so that the peace declared by the angel might be experienced by us, our church, our community, and the world? What kind of challenge are these words, peace on earth? As the angel views the current state of the world, what could it mean? What will it mean for us to distribute, model, inspire, and bring to life this gift of peace every day, all year? That sounds like a pretty tall order to me. Peace. But how do you find peace? Exactly. Well, isn't that why Christ was born? Well, I'm guessing that because it was part of this message that it really was part of the reason that Christ was born. (laughs) Well... Yes. I mean, it was to bring salvation, but his salvation, again, brings us peace. Well, these are the ones— That's my question. These are the questions that have plagued this entire series. Well, exactly. Because there's a lot of things that just sound good, are good, not going to argue with the premise, but sometimes actually putting into words and answering the questions that these questions leave us with to try to find answers to aren't easy— But Andy asked, what would your answer be or what would it look like if he asked what peace meant to each of us? And he gave some fairly funny answers of what it might mean to certain people. And yet a lot of those really kind of struck a chord. So if I asked you what peace meant to Heather, Uh what would you say? I think I have an idea, but 
Oh, he's put you put me on the spot. You should have asked me this before, so I could have thought about it. But well, that's the <laughs> that's the whole purpose, <laughs> that's right? The whole point, right? Of course. <laughs> well, peace for me is solitude, quietness, mm. water, nature. But maybe that's because I was raised in that environment, and I have really great memories of that my childhood. Yeah. So to me, when I think of those things. That's peace. Now it could be something different for every person based on our life experiences. What does peace look like in conjunction with tying that back to Jesus? So if your peace, and I get that because in order to sometimes hear what God has to say, we have to find our place of peace. And so you described that. Right. That's a place of peace. If you were sitting right now in that place of peace instead of this little studio room, what would you say to Jesus? What would you do? How would you act if you were there to facilitate that peace? I had this wonderful experience this this one time. I was part of an event called ReChurch, and we went to California, and we were asked to go out, find a place of solitude, and just be still and let God and Jesus come to us. And I found I didn't want to leave because I felt so much peace, but I felt I believed that Jesus had come and sit, uh, sat on a rock right next to me. And the converse, there was not a conversation. It was a feeling, a presence. And I have found in my life that when I have those encounters, There really isn't anything I can say because I am in such awe of his presence. When we talk about fear, fear the Lord, it's this fear, but it's not a fear of I'm afraid. It's a fear of I'm not worthy. It's a fear of awesomeness, of awe that, oh, God, you are wonderful. And in that praise and in that worship, there comes peace. Hmm. Okay. So when we worship, because you were created to worship God. Yeah. I mean, God desires our worship. But I think when we worship him, we let go of ourself. Hmm. And when we're consumed with ourself, like Andy talked about, our worries, our what if this happens, what if that happens, you know, oh, I did this. I'm ash- I'm ashamed that I did this. Or the busyness, you know, the busyness of the holly- holiday season and all the things that have to be done distract you. But what are they all focused on, <laughs> right? What is what is that focus that's on? Well, and even, I mean, I'm just going off of what our most recent or I guess what we're at the end of this holiday season, which I think – as per the last couple of years, we've been busy doing prayer rooms yeah. and other things involved here at church. So I think some of the focus has been and was and is in the right place. But sometimes even that isn't enough to make you feel like you have peace, certain or... amount of peace. And so maybe right. it's a balance between the tranquility of the situation that you described and also – the focus, which I think the tranquility would probably add to that focus instead of subtract. So maybe there's a little bit of a balance and probably intentionality that right. has to happen. I think intentionality. We we get we get wrapped up in what we're doing 
and we forget that we need to be intentional about our worship because worship brings us our peace. And then we lose peace when we're focused on, even though, you know, say you're, we're busy, like we've been so busy. I mean, it's like Christmas, you know, we're busy, (laughs) we're busy doing good things and doing things for others and serving, but it still is, oh, I'm doing this. You know, I have to do this. I have to get this done. I have to get this done. It's all for God, but you're still you're still being robbed of your peace because of the busyness that we have. Sure, sure. Well, and I think sometimes we underestimate the peace or the power of the peace that Jesus can bring. Absolutely. Because I don't think we often identify it appropriately either. Sometimes I think for those that are Sabbath keepers or that take a day of rest, where you, you kind of understand that. But then to add that component to it's not just a physical rest, it's a mental rest, and it's also a seeking of renewal. So right. I think, again, you can't just rest and go, man, I, I don't feel any better than I did before right. I took that rest. Well, no, because it was just a physical rest. It wasn't a spiritual rest. Or, or like you said, a renewal. Right. A time for renewal, a time to be refreshed, and there's lots of things you can do to be refreshed. Yeah. Uh, away from your daily grind and the things that you do during the week, something different, different environment, different space, worship, coming to church. Even sometimes coming to church can be a busyness, you know, <laughs> hey, uh, depending if you have small children. <laughs> especially ones that like to just take off and D- run. Disappear. And, disappear, yeah. And run, yeah. Not that we would know anything about that. No, no, we don't that. anything no. about that. Mm-hmm. Again, I think, you know, the peace that Jesus brings is something that we tend to overlook. Oh, for sure. Well, and or, I, or, or that we don't even know what it is. We may have experienced it. Sure. But we, we're not in tune to what it is. Because we're probably not tuning in enough. And, and the often more, enough. Often enough. And then when you don't tune in and you don't get it often enough, you kind of forget. And I thought what Andy said and it kind of outlined describing the upper room the night before his crucifixion. Mm-hmm. And Jesus has just, you know, started what would become the Last Supper or the Eucharist, the service of communion. And he tells his followers, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. That's John fourteen twenty seven. Mm-hmm. And a little while later that evening, he said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. That's in John sixteen thirty three. just I a little bit that. further on. And he had a comment from or a quote from William Barclay. In a commentary on John, and he re- it reminded us that peace equals everything which makes for our highest good. The peace the world offers us is the peace of escape, avoidance tro- of troubles, refusing to face things. But Jesus' peace is the peace of conquest. It is an independent of outwards of our outward circumstances. I think we let that get intertwined: mm-hmm. our circumstances and peace. And forget about, again, that tranquility and a a place where we can connect to find that peace and realize that what Jesus just described, don't worry about anything. This is done. It's over. Andy gave out five things about worry, fear, shame, regret, busyness, all things we can 
we can all identify mm. with. We can probably all put one of those on our list as number one. And we could probably, for most of us, we could probably rank all five that we probably in yes. some way, shape, or form. Raise my hand. Raise, yes, yes, yes. I'm t- yes, yes. Can I get a, can I I get a witness? I don't worry as much as I do the what if. <laughs> can I get a witness? I did. Um, the focus is then on us. Absolutely. And we're worried about all those things. And Annie said, you and I are not our solution. God is. And when I heard that, my first thought was, agreed. Can't argue with that. It's good logic. It's the truth. But what do we do? Because obviously, even as Christians, we all fall into those five and more on a regular basis. We know that we shouldn't, and yet we still are susceptible. So what do we do to try to minimize those and keep that connection active? Well, I think it seems like we constantly have to be reminded of that, that not to rely on ourselves. You know, that's Satan. He wants us to rely on ourselves. I'm pretty good, though. You know, well, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty good at solving well, my own problems. And just think of I? what we're told. You know, you have to fend for yourself and study and be successful and do all these things. And, you know, you're you're taught all these things. And it's all about ourselves versus reliance on God. But all those things you just described also make us successful. It makes well, us you know, good uh, citizens of our right. country, our church, our family. Right. So what, our are community. We ta- so what are we talking about then? We're talking about something deeper, I think. He's talking about something deeper. And that's... So do we... We, don't, we obviously don't abandon those no, in the search for deeper. No. So, but we rely on Christ to give us those things, Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm just, I'm just playing devil. I know you are. I'm just playing devil's I advocate. I, I hate that when you do that. See, this is a problem when you get two married, married, two married people behind the microphone together in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would be, I knew that would be the answer. But I guess what I'm trying to get to is a word of hope or something that people can just take with them. Maybe something they haven't heard. And I think this message does that for you. Yeah, I agree. It, it, Andy did a really great job. I would just say that if you haven't, again, watched or heard that message, to go back and just find that little place of tranquility. And it's about 20, 25 minutes, I think the sermon was, the mm-hmm. actual message. Uh, you can actually find the transcript online at hospitalchurch.org. If you click on the sermons tab and go to the archives, there's a little blue box on the right side, a uh, little box underneath of it that just says uh, download sermon notes. And you could actually read it if that's easier for you. But I think when you read through that list and just, again, in a quiet place and after listening to the message, reading the transcript and listening to it again, what keeps hitting over and over is this is all about giving up control and finding that balance Mm -hmm. and claiming promises. And when you put those together and keep yourself in front of it, even if it's just for a short period or short periods of time during the day, Finding it, yourself to just be in the presence of God. Yeah. And in the scriptures. In the scriptures. And around people, you know, put yourself around people. It's that, really amazing how people can, I don't, sometimes we don't give people enough credit that God can work through people. Sure. That can touch us and it's God's way of touching us, you know, so 
And yes, finding finding people. those people that uplift us as well. And I know <laughs> it's kind of maybe an oxymoron during the holidays because there's a lot of family, which <laughs> doesn't always equal that. But at the same time, I think in our day-to-day as we go through and try to create that balance or live that balance, if you find those people and gravitate towards those people and find ways to lift others up and you might find that they lift you back up because the more that we're in front of this, the more that we're aware of it, the better off we're going to be guarded against it. Right. So as we somehow have quickly run out of time, which... How do we do that? We I, thought it's going to be shorter. Well, <laughs> that's what we always say. The three of us, you know, we say that nearly every week. Like, I don't know. We don't have that much to talk about. It's going to be a quick one. And then every week the timer runs out and we're still talking. So it's just part of the par for the course. But one of our FHC takeaways from this past week asked, how is serving the least of these a way to focus on Jesus? And I thought out of all of the takeaways and all of the things that Andy talked about, getting rid of worry and shame, regret, busyness, and yet for some of those people that we would consider the least of these, and you can pick which one you think would be the least of these, what one would resonate with your heart, and serving those. How is serving those, uh, the least of these, a way to focus on Jesus? Well, when you serve others— your focus is not on yourself, mm-hmm. it is on others. And any time we take the focus off ourselves, whether it's be onto God, onto Christ, onto others, it brings us peace. It brings us happiness. And sometimes doing something for someone who, and usually the least of these, mm-hmm. they very often will be very, very grateful. And a lot of times they're the left outs as well. Yeah. So if you can do something for them, that you know can't be repaid, there's a real gratitude in your heart from Christ that comes from serving people that just have no one else to help or very few resources to help. So it may be a way just moving forward, find someone that you can reach out to and serve in any small capacity. Sometimes it's just being friendly, just smiling, just being a friend. So next week we wrap up the year with our From the Heart series, which was our once a month, 12 installment series, which contained subjects that were on the heart of our staff here at the Florida Hospital Church. It's been one of my favorite series, so you definitely don't want to miss that. And finally, until next Wednesday in episode 83, this is Randy, Heather, and Tom saying thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you then.